0: I was brought up with it in the sense of, at the breakfast table or the dinner table, we'd talk about um, giving back with my parents. My parents would uh, give me, you know, his pocket money, let's say like 10 pounds for a month and then try to see how I could increase that or what I would how I would spend that oh, 10 pounds. Wow. And I guess for me, I was very fortunate coming from an entrepreneurial family that uh, my father gave me um, a lot of business help and I'd say he was my mentor. And, When I made mistakes, it's about learning from those mistakes.
1: Welcome to Push To Be More with me, your host, Matt Edmondson. This is a show that talks about the stuff that makes life work. And to help us do just that, I'm chatting with my very special guest, Vaishali Shah uh, uh, from creativeid.com or creative-id.com, should I say, uh, about where she's had to push through, what she does to recharge her batteries, uh, and well, what is she doing to be more? Now the show notes and transcript from my conversation with Rachel Lee will be available on our website, pushtobe.more.com. And whilst you're there on the website, make sure you sign up for the newsletter and each week we will email you the links uh, from the conversation and the notes. They come to you automatically, direct to your inbox totally for free. It's an amazing thing. Now, this episode is brought to you by Orion Media, which helps entrepreneurs and business leaders set up and run their own successful podcast to grow their own business. You know what? I've said it before, I'm going to say it again. I have found running my own podcast to be super, super rewarding. It opens doors to amazing people like nothing I have seen. I've built networks, made friends, had a platform to champion my customers, my team and my suppliers. And I think just about any entrepreneur or business leader should have a podcast because it's had such a huge impact on my own business. Now, of course, this sounds fab in theory, but in reality, you've got the whole problem of setup, distribution, getting the tech right, getting the right podcast strategy. I mean, the list goes on. Bottom line, I love to talk to people, as you can probably tell. Uh, But all of that other stuff, I'm not necessarily a fan of, so the team at Orion Media takes it all off my plate. I do what I'm good at, and they brilliantly take care of the rest. So if you're wondering if podcasting is a good marketing strategy for your business, do connect with them at orionmedia.com. That's A-U-R-I-O-N media.com. And we will, of course, link to them on the podcast website as well. Now, our next guest, Vasily, is An award-winning entrepreneur, not just any old entrepreneur, no, no, an award-winning one, who has been running two successful businesses for over 20 years. As the founder of Creative ID, a brand and marketing consultancy, uh, well, she also has a luxury uh, card brand as well, because, you know, why would you not, right? Uh, She has helped businesses all over the world connect with their ideal clients and create purposeful, aspirational content. She is also a dedicated a supporter of sustainability diversity and charity work she donates 10 percent of her profits to charitable courses which we're going to get into in the conversation oh yes now as an industry expert Vaishali has been featured in global wedding publications blogs and media uh, and her work at an anaya cost has been creating sophisticated wedding and event stationery for celebrations rich in personality and culture i just love that phrase rich in personality and culture for 17 years when she's not busy changing the world uh, and running two successful businesses uh, she enjoys relaxing in a spa and why would you not right exploring the newest art exhibitions in the city and traveling to beautiful places i just Love it, love it, love it, love it. So, let's get into it. Rachel, welcome to the show. Great that you're here. Thank you so much for joining me. How are we doing today?
0: We're doing very well. Thank you very much for uh, inviting me.
1: Oh, no, no worries. Now, I butchered the name of your card business. What was the? What, was what is the called? name of your card business? Ananya Cards. Ananya. I don't know what I said, but it wasn't Ananya. So my apologies for that. Uh, but it's been going for 17 years and you've been doing creative ID for 20 years. So 23 um, years, yeah. Yeah. Oh, jeez. If you add all of those together, it comes to 40 years. I just I just want to put that. <laughs>
0: let's not work out my age, please.
1: <laughs> let's
0: not do the math.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's not do the. No, no, no. That's fair play. I'm the same way. I'm, I'm celebrating a big milestone birthday in a few weeks time. And I'm, oh, I'm, I just don't know how near I want to go to that. Anyway. As I said in the introduction, let's start there, right? One of the things that I know about you is obviously you're a super generous person and you use your businesses to give to charity. So tell me what brought that on, what motivates you to keep doing that?
0: Okay, so for me, what's important is making a difference. And um, that's something that I was brought up with. Um, from my uh, grandfather, my grandparents, to my parents, and now uh, myself, um, it's about giving back, helping those that are in need. Whether mm. that's through financial donations, whether that's, for example, through my branding business, doing branding and marketing on a pro bono basis, it's really trying to help those that are less fortunate um, to, to to you know to to excel. So, for example, it could be people in, in, in India or Africa that need um, some help. But it could also be the future, um, the future leaders, leaders of the future. So kind of helping students uh, kind of understand about business and kind of sharing my business knowledge, and my business skills to kind of help them come up with business ideas and kind of have mm. that business um, thinking.
1: So this idea to make a difference and to give back, is that something that, I mean, you you mentioned your grandfather. It's always amazing when people reference their grandparents, you know, when this sort of thing has been modelled down the generation. I just find it's awesome. Um, is that something, I mean, outside of your your grandfather, that, was, that you sort of drew on when you were starting up your business? Did you find people that mentored you, that were generous to you, that kind of helped you um, sort of kickstart what you're doing now?
0: So be- because I was kind of brought up with it in the sense of, at the breakfast table or the dinner table we'd talk about um giving back with my parents. My parents would um uh, give me, you know, his pocket money, let's say like ten pounds for a month and then try to see how I could increase that or what I would how I would spend that oh, ten pounds. Wow. So even from a from a young age. And I guess for me I was very fortunate coming from an entrepreneurial family that uh my father gave me um a lot of business help and I'd say he was my mentor. So in fact I come from a family business background and last year we celebrated hundred years. So oh, there's wow. a lot of, yeah, so, that, so we had our centenary last year. So I'm very grateful for and fortunate that uh, my father inspired me and, and helped me. And when I made mistakes, it's about learning from those mistakes. So um, yeah, I learned a lot uh, from him. So I wanted oh, wow. to kind of pass that knowledge and pass um, that help onto others.
1: Well, congratulations on the centenary. I mean, that's uh, that's Dang. not something you hear most people talk about these days. Um, it's more like congratulations on getting through the first five years, let alone <laughs> the first hundred. Um, so, I'm, I'm fascinated that um, that you had these conversations around the dinner table about here's your ten pound pocket money. What what can you do to sort of to, to increase that to grow that? What sort of things would you do as a kid with that money?
0: So, for example, we did um, kind of like bake sales. So mm. we'd use the £10, make um, cupcakes. Not that I was a great cook, but make cupcakes. <laughs> and then I <send, laughs> still not a great cook. And then um, try to, you know, sell sell those. And obviously then we, we'd make uh, more than £10. So then that money would uh, go to charity.
1: Yeah. Oh, fantastic. It's funny, isn't it, how these things... Um, can be instilled in us as kids uh, and how the how that actually just carries on through the rest of your life when it is. And so I was talking to Emma Bianco, she's also on the podcast and um, talking about how when our kids were younger, we wouldn't actually pay them pocket money, uh, but they would have the opportunity to earn money in, in whatever way or whatever, guys. And one of the things I love that we did with our kids was when they were younger, um, if they had a business idea, and I thought the business idea was half reasonable, to be fair, even if I didn't think it was half reasonable, if they just had a business idea that I thought could have at least a a minuscule chance of working, then I I said to them I would invest in it. And so um, my eldest son now, who's at university, when he was, I'm guessing, about eight, nine years old, he came to me and said, Dad, I've got an idea for a business. I said, what's that son? He said, I'm gonna get some chickens and I'm going to sell the eggs mainly to mum but I'm going to sell the eggs and I was like awesome so I bought some chickens I bought, built a chicken coop and for years the kids were using they were just selling eggs from these chickens that we had in our back garden which was great you know and you kind of you learn this sort of value don't you as you go along the ability the ability to hustle and to to make cupcakes even though you're not a great cook right
0: Exactly and I think um, certainly, I think a lot of people think that charity is later, kind of when you retire, when you mm. finished working. And for me, it was very much that no, actually charity is part of my way of life. I say it's in my DNA because that's what I've been brought up with. And I think it's nice, um, as children, so as you've done with your, you know, um, with your family, it's nice to start from a young age because then it does become part of the life rather than thinking, oh, later on in the future, which may or may not happen. So yeah. I think it's nice to
1: kind of start young. Yeah, totally. That's really cool. Oh, well done to your grandfather uh, you. for passing Thank you that very down. Much. That's that's brilliant. So you've been in business uh, twenty years, uh, twenty three years um, now, and you're obviously going to fa- face some challenges, both personal and in business, um, along the route. basically. what are some of the the key challenges that you you have faced?
0: Okay. So one, um, from a personal um, perspective, was uh, my parents got divorced uh, when I was uh, 14, which as it is in the Indian culture is is very rare. I think it was the first Indian family that I know of that uh, parents got um, um, divorced. And I was living on a small island called Jersey in the Channel Islands, and Mm -hmm. I moved to Paris. And moved to France um, With my mother with, with Very my different mother, to Jersey Jer- Jersey's too small So um, yeah. moved to, to Paris So that was a, a personal challenge Because obviously the emotions were there Change in lifestyle Change in um, country Language Everything starting a new school from scratch So I'd say that was a kind of personal Personal challenge um, And it's, it's funny Because I've just done the same thing um, I've uh, set up uh, a base in Dubai, so I'm actually um, speaking to you from Dubai today. And um, I set up a base a year ago. And again, it's starting from scratch, uh, mm. making friends from zero, making business contacts from zero. So I've, I'm kind of doing it again. <laughs> but uh, that's, uh, that, is, that is the challenge to, to, you know, to leave your home and uh, make a home some, somewhere else in a different mm. city
1: that's pretty big though when you're i mean my parents got divorced but i think it was a bit more common you know in in sort of our culture i suppose but from like you say from from an indian culture i don't know of many people actually that that get divorced so what was that like is for you i mean so yes your parents have got divorced yes you're moving but also there's the the cultural aspect of this which i'd never really thought through before for me but i i'm kind of curious did that have an impact for you
0: it did. I mean, to be honest, I didn't talk to to anyone. I didn't even use, you know, the D word of divorce. Um, I kind of kind of brought- brushed it aside. I knew people knew that my parents were divorced, but I never kind of actually um had conversations um with my friends about it. Um I'm very grateful that my parents are like best friends. Um and they worked really hard to kind mm-hmm. of keep um keep that friendship. So even you know, even today they're um excellent friends. So very grateful for that. But of course, it was, it was very difficult um, was it, uh, culturally and just as a, as a young child because I was not expecting it at all. For me, it just came right. totally out of the blue. So, again, that kind of knocked, knocked me, but I had to kind of pick, pick myself up.
1: And learn a lot of French by the same thing.
0: Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> this is a good skill to have
1: yeah I bet it is I bet it is I mean I've I've been on Jersey a fair few times over the oh, years okay. I, I know the island very well had a business base there um I've still we still have very good friends there I still go over at least once probably twice a year and oh, um, man, there is- oh it's lovely I love Jersey but I get what you mean when you say it's too small uh, and so you go to Paris which is well, it's not small, is it paris really? Uh, and in, in Jersey, you have uh all the road names are in French, but that's about it, whereas in Paris everything is going to be in French um but I kind of get the impression that both places are just really expensive, so maybe that was the <laughs> <You know. laughs> maybe that was a crossover but how do you think these sort of experiences shaped who you are today? You know what have you sort of learned from them
0: they they de- they definitely have um it's made me kind of more resilient. It's, I'm, an, I'm an introvert, so it's really kind of pushed me out of um, my comfort zone. Um, but I think as um, an entrepreneur, it's important to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And um, <laughs> I, love that. Yeah. I think it's, you know, to push yourself out, out of your comfort zone, looking for new opportunities. I think, as we've seen in the last few years, nothing is guaranteed. Mm-hmm. So um, this kind of just makes you look at things that, you know, let's look for opportunities. Let's look at doing yeah. things differently. So I think that kind of really pushed me and, and helped from the, because bis- I am very kind of business minded and entrepreneurial. So I think that um, did help me, but I'd say it's something important for, for all entrepreneurs, I think, um, to kind of um, not always be comfortable and just kind of look for new opportunities. This forced, forced it on me.
1: Yeah, I, I can see that, you know, and I, I love that phrase. You've got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable as an entrepreneur. You've got to put yourself in situations that you don't necessarily want to be in all the time. Um, and I can see how you, how actually moving to Paris is, is going to give you the confidence that actually you can do something different and that you can, you can make it through, right?
0: Yes. And also what was good about Paris is it gave me an international perspective because being brought up in Jersey, I was one of four Indian families and everyone else it was very much the kind of 2.4 children, you know, the very mm. kind of typical. And then suddenly I went to an international school and in my class there were 32 nationalities and wow. I loved it. It was something so new for me. And that whole kind of international, I love about London, I love about Dubai. And I think that's kind of framed my work as well, like looking for international opportunities, working with clients, working, you know, the whole kind of diversity piece that, um, that you mentioned. So that's certainly... um, um That was something really good because it it just opened my eyes. Because before that, Mm. all I knew was Jersey. And then suddenly it was a whole new world, whole new (laughs) nationalities, cultures, everything. So um,
1: Yeah, that's great. And I think for those listening outside maybe of the UK that aren't familiar with Jersey, Jersey Jersey is a a tiny island, like 45 square miles just off the north coast of France. Um, But it is English. It was kind of independently British, isn't it? Sort of uh, Jersey. It's sort of got this word, sort of yeah. status. Yes. Um, and it's a beautiful place. It is a beautiful place. But I get what you mean when it's tiny. <laughs> but you. So how did? You, but you said you you kind of repeat. You're going. You know. You're on repeat now by moving to Dubai. You're starting again. Um, you know, starting again with uh, with life in a new in a new country. Why? Why? Why did you suddenly decide to move to Dubai? Um, where, and where were you before, I guess? Where did you move from and why to Dubai?
0: I moved from central London to, to Dubai. Um, my mom moved to Dubai. So I've been here 12 months. My mom moved 18 months. She wanted to be closer to um, India, which is where her mm-hmm. family is. And my brother lives in Dubai, so she wants to be closer to him. Um, I also had a milestone birthday. Oh, uh, we can compare notes after on our milestone <laughs> birthday. So I, of course, had a milestone birthday, felt that I needed a change. And also COVID showed me that I could work remotely. As long as I had strong Wi-Fi, I could mm-hmm. work remotely. And I just felt like I needed a change. After 23 years of running the business in London, I kind of felt like I, I wanted to kind of explore yeah. new opportunities. So kind of all those elements together um, made me set up an office here.
1: Wow. Wow, and so you've been there 12 months?
0: Yes, yes, Going back you, to London in two weeks.
1: <laughs> okay, is that for a little holiday? For a month.
0: Yes, for a month to see my clients, um, meet family and friends.
1: Yeah, 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 do the mad dash around. And are you enjoying it in Dubai or is it, is, it, is it different to what you expected?
0: To be honest, I didn't know what to expect. I hadn't been to Dubai for eight years and that, that I'd been was just literally like a three-day trip. So I didn't know what to expect. So I love Dubai as a city. I like the lifestyle. I like that it's cosmopolitan. You know, there's so many expats. I love that it's new Mm. because Dubai is my age. Dubai is, you know, my age. So, oh. (laughs) You almost slipped. I know, I know, I know. So Dubai is my age. Dubai is my age. So everything is so new. Yes, Mm. you know, it wants to be the tallest, the fastest, the quickest, everything like that. But things work. Um, you feel that there's optimism here. You feel that there's growth here, and I love that. I love mm. kind of being in that energy. So I really like that. But the challenge, going back to earlier, is making friends and making business contacts because I am starting from scratch.
1: So how did you um, how did you go? Uh, when you say making business contacts, is this for the Creative ID business? Yes, the, and, the 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 Ananya
0: Ananya car- and for the Ananya and for the cards. So but Ananya cards is meeting wedding and event planners here for creative id because i do a lot in kind of food and hospitality so it's trying to meet restaurant consultants venues right. general managers um so i've joined like you know a couple of um networking groups um online and uh, in person so just trying to trying to get known really because um yeah. you know i'm not known here
1: it must be quite a, a tricky one actually because i i i know from my own point of view, that I, if I think about my clients, I have international clients, but I have international clients usually because somebody has recommended me to them, not because I've gone to that nation to advertise in that nation, for want of a better expression. So a lot of it comes via word of mouth or referral. And so I'm kind of thinking if I, if I just stick some move to New Zealand, for example, I'm in New Zealand because I can't get any further away from England, <laughs> um, but if I if I move there, it, you're right, I mean, it, so much of business is based on your network, based on so many, you know, so much of your contacts. And so if you don't know anybody over there, well, that's, that's gotta be quite tricky. So how have you found that the last 12 months? Has it been pretty straightforward? Is it, has it been trying to f- flog a dead horse, for want of a better expression? How have you found it?
0: It has been challenging, it has been challenging. Uh, between the two businesses, um, the Ananya stationary business has taken off um working with wedding and event planners that has worked well and i have um once in business because i was told that um it would take about two years to win business and i was like no 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 that's i can't wait that long (laughs) i'm too ambitious and uh, impatient so um i worked with the wedding and event planners on the creative id side that takes longer because the budgets are higher you work Mm. on a retainer basis so that is um that is challenging. So what I have been doing is, I've been also working with my UK clients. So, you know, it's 23 years, I'm not closing the business or anything in the UK. I'm very much um, still so working and supporting my UK clients and very grateful for that, because obviously mm. that's what's uh, kind of kept me going.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. So, you've got the, uh, the two businesses, then you've got your creative idea, you've got the stationary business, um, if I can be as bold as to ask, uh, Vasily, which one's your favourite?
0: Oh gosh, oops! Um, I'd say Ananya is my favourite because there's just something about pretty stationery that I love. Always been a state. I've always been a, sta- <laughs> a stationery fan from a young age. I was the one that pocket money went on my Karen Dash right. crayons and everything. Um, but with my business hat on, it's Creative ID, is is kind of better financially, so uh, sometimes there's that struggle between the two, <laughs> what to focus on. Yeah,
1: yeah. How have you found it running two businesses? Because they, there is that struggle of knowing what to focus on and, and where to give your time and attention to. Um, have you found it okay, Is it, or have you, have you figured out a system that works for you?
0: I actually love it. Mm. Um, I love that variety because every day is different. I wouldn't want to design invitations every day or just to design logos every day. So I love the fact um, that there's two businesses. Um, and and I'm, I'm relaxed. It's not that I say, okay, Monday, Wednesday, Friday is one business, Tuesday, Thursday is another, when the work is there. And thankfully, I'm very organized um, and quite disciplined. So for me, actually, I thrive, maybe being a creator, but I, I thrive on um, that variety. That mm. you know, no, no days are the same.
1: Yeah, I I, I can see that. Um, I mean, I have, um, at the time now of recording, we have three businesses, four? Three, I can't three or four. Three three businesses. (laughs) I think we're just merging one of them, which is why I'm a little bit hesitant. And one of the questions people often ask me is, would you not be better off just doing one and focusing? The fact that you're doing multiple businesses, does that not mean your attention is too split between the two things? I mean, in some respects, it's a bit of a moot question because I don't know the answer because I've always had multiple businesses. Um, And the people that ask me tend to be people with just one business and they look at that and go, I don't think you should do that. You should focus. Do you ever get that? Do you ever get people saying that to you?
0: I do. I do. Especially, for example, on social media because because the target audience is different. So I have social media channels for one business and different for another. So it's almost a full-time job just managing social media for both businesses. So I do even, you know, they say, why don't you just have one? But the target audience is, is different. So for me, it makes sense um to have both. But what I have done is within the businesses, I have niched. So mm-hmm. for example, for the wedding and event stationery, as you said, the rich in personality and culture. So I've focused on kind of cultural wedding stationery. So whether that's multicultural, whether that's Indian, whether that's African um stationery. So I've kind of niched down in that. And similarly, for creative idea, I've got a strong kind of focus on food, hospitality, and lifestyle. So that kind of helps because otherwise, if you're doing graphic design and marketing for everybody or doing stationery for everybody, I can imagine that that's too much. So I guess maybe my answer was to kind of niche within the businesses, but still keep multiple businesses
1: I like that. That's actually great. And was that more more by design or was it just more by accident?
0: Um, Initially, I was doing everything. And then I just thought, actually, this is too much. And then I kind of maybe two years before COVID, I thought, actually, let me just look at where I'm getting my inquiries and where I'm getting my business Mm. And I saw for the for Creative idea, it was a lot in food, hospitality. So I thought, okay, let me lean into that. And for the um, wedding station, where I spoke to about six, eight uh, wedding planners. And wedding planners typically give me the business. And I asked them, I said, uh, if you think of uh, Ananya cards, what do you think of? And they were like, oh, cultural, multicultural, combining different cultures. Um, and they said, You're, you would be our go-to person. You say you do florals but I wouldn't think of you for florals or you say you do rustic or you do um, garden parties but I wouldn't hmm. think of you. We kind of think of you for that cultural angle and we can't think of anyone else. So I thought well I've got to listen to, to that and I kind of looked at the inquiries and I thought okay and I, I like that so um, let me kind of focus on that which then actually helps when you do your social media as well because you lean into the cultural rather than having one picture of a barn wedding, one picture of a summer something and then you know, a bar mitzvah or something, you know, it's, it's easier Mm. to, to focus. So I found niching actually um, has helped me.
1: That's really interesting. And I, I'm kind of curious then, Vaishali, if niching has helped you focus, what else do you do that helps you sort of maintain your energy and focus? Because you, you, you obviously, you, you, you come across as quite an energetic kind of passionate person about what you do, which is lovely. And Mm. I'm kind of curious, how do you, how do you develop or how do you maintain that? Um, for your businesses?
0: So for me, as in, how do I unwind? Yeah, let's go there. Okay, so how do I unwind and relax? So for me, it's spas. For me, it's um, spa treatments, being in a spa, that really relaxes me. But also, I'm actually creative because my mind is kind of quietened. I actually get more creative ideas. And um, ideas for new products. So I, I, I like that because you think it'd be the opposite, that the brain would, 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 would quieten down. But actually, the studies have shown that the brain's actually more active yeah. uh, when you're relaxed. So as a creative, I do need some time out. And for me, it's, um, it's definitely spas. And because I love traveling, I guess the win-win is um, doing a spa in, a, in an exotic location. So to combat my passion of uh, travel and spa, um, that's the, the, the ultimate. But for me, that, that does help me be more creative, helps me just take some time away from, my, from the screen. Mm. Um, that really kind of nourishes me. So definitely, and I think it is something we... I mean, I love my work, love it, but we do need some time out as well.
1: Yeah, it's interesting how you talk about that because... I'm like you, if I am if I can escape uh, the office, whether it's my uh, office here at home, my little studio here at home, or whether it's the actual office and the warehouse where we distribute from, it used to be pre-COVID that I would feel guilty if I just could have went out for a few hours up in the hills and just walked around or did something. Um, because everybody else was back working and it, but, I, I did come to the realization, it was after a conversation with a friend of mine, um, he was like, no man, you need to you need to lean into those because actually, when you're leading, you need the vision. You need to understand where it is you're going and you, you need to get out there and that's where you're gonna get that, is in the hills, right? It's not gonna be sat behind a desk, nine to five answering everybody's questions when they come up to you. And so, um, and so you're right, I, you, you have got to lean into this sort of, and for you it's spa treatment center, to be honest, with I really like spa treatments as well. Um, uh, it's not a fact. I, I advertise a lot. Um, little known fact about Matt: I used to do spa design uh, in a former life, and so um, I've been in a in a fair few nice spas. Where's the Where's the nicest spa you've ever been to? What's your like favorite spa in the whole world?
0: My favorite spa would be um, Chiva in Hua Hin in Thailand. Mm-hmm. I'd say that's my my favorite because it's just it's exotic. The treatments yeah. are great, um, the scenery. It's yeah, it's it's my favorite spa.
1: I think that's probably high up on most people's list, isn't it? It's um, <laughs> yes. it's uh, it's one of those places no more I've running. yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's uh, everyone's going. Oh, you need to put that on your bucket list. You probably should do actually. Um, so how often do you escape to the spa? I'm curious. Is this like a, a weekly not routine? Enough.
0: No, not enough. not enough. Not enough. In fact, just at the weekend, I was looking at uh, spas in Dubai. Um, not enough. Um, maybe once a month. In mm.
1: once
0: a month.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I, I can't remember the last time I went to a spa, and that's a bit of a shame. I think it's probably when I traveled, actually, uh, which was pre-COVID, And, um, but yeah, there is something about doing something completely different to what you normally do, which helps the creative processes and not feeling guilty about that, that I think I I find quite helpful. Um, So spa treatments for you are a way to recharge, switch off um, as a creative, although you don't really switch off, it's maybe tap a different part of your brain. Um, Travel then is another thing that you, you mentioned is, and if you can merge the two together, that's a beautiful thing. Uh, what else? What do you do on a day-to-day basis? Because travel and spa kind of seem, yeah. you know, big events every now and again. I, unless you're traveling and sporting every day, but I, I you know, what do, you, how, do you, how, how do you do life on a day-to-day basis? Um,
0: what something I've got really into, and you're like this, um, is podcasts. So <laughs> I really, so I, I really got into podcasts. Um, well let's say last year so I, mm. I, I really enjoy that um listen to podcasts I don't know I mean I don't switch off daily I mean I, do, I am a workaholic I do work many many hours but I love I love work I think if I mm. didn't have work I don't know what I would do so um I wanted to I think for probably two years I've been wanting to journal I haven't yet mm. um and so I wanted to to journal because there is so much going around in, the, in my head that I'd like to kind of put down which I haven't, so I need to. I need to start. I think it's one of those that you just start. I think I've overthought mm. it. That what do I write? What are the prompts? Mm. Do I do this? Do I do that? I think I just need to start with that. Um, so yeah, I'd say uh, probably on a daily basis, I'm not. <laughs> I'm you know again, I, I want to meditate. I want to journal. I want to do, I want to mm. do these things. But I have to be honest, they're not part of my my daily routine. Not
1: part of your yet. No. Yet. <laughs> Yeah, well, and, and who knows, right? And it's interesting, again, I, this is something that I find common to every entrepreneur that loves what they do, that there is not so much of a clear line between work and life. So you say, is there a, is there a good work-life balance? And you're like, well, I, I don't know because I enjoy life and I enjoy work. And I, I there's not as clear a distinction. When you love what you do, you, you tend to are quite happy to spend 14 hours a day doing it, right? So... Um, yeah, I mean, you mentioned podcasts on this particular day, for whatever reason, I have nine podcasts to record. Um, and I, I just love it. I, I just love talking to people and meeting people. And I, I really enjoy it. And it's going to be like nine, ten o'clock tonight before I'm finished. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I'll be goosed at the end of the day. There's no doubt it's not a typical podcasting day, I have to be honest with you, it's just quite unusual. But there is something about doing something that you love that brings its own energy and its own reward. Uh, so I like that. And the other thing that you mentioned, journaling. Yes, just start. Just yes. just start. Um, I, I, I kind of have one of those relationships with journaling where sometimes I'll journal every day, two, three times a day. Oh, wow.
0: Um,
1: and then sometimes I won't journal for, for months. Um, and then I, I, I ran through this um, challenge or challenges. I ran through this thing in my head, which what, what do I do? Do I journal on paper or should I just journal into an app? because then, you know, I can search the app and it's there and I can read it. Whereas if I journal on paper, it's, I can't read it <laughs> 10 minutes after I've written it, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, and I, like you, I, I I was definitely overthinking everything. And so oh. now I'm like, I'm just gonna journal when I feel like it. Sometimes that'll be on an app. There's a great app called Day One, uh, if you want a good oh, top okay. app tip for journaling. Oh, great, thank you. Um, day One works and then Sometimes I just write down stuff on paper and I'm fine either way, you know, and I've stopped prescribing it. And then, um, but it is just great just to be able to get stuff from your head out on a piece of paper and just write it down. There's something quite magical about that. So, uh, yeah. (laughs) So if Thailand has got the best spa in the world, where's the best place you visited uh, on your travels?
0: So, um, so a place that's magical for me is, uh, Rajasthan in India. Mm-hmm. So that's, um, kind of North India and, um, the hotels are kind of converted palaces, which I, wow. you know, which, you know, which are lovely. And, but the, for me, the magical experience was, um, on a camel, which I was really scared to do. <laughs> um, but on a camel in the desert in Jaisalmer, which is in Rajasthan. Mm. And that was just, as the sun was setting, I mean, oh, that wow. was, just, was just magical. So that was just, yeah, I love, I love that. So there's something, mm. I guess, because I'm interested in culture, I'm interested in patterns, I'm interested in colours, scent, the senses, all of that. So what I just found really was a kind of explosion I imagine. of all these yeah. senses coming together. So I love mm. that.
1: Yeah, I would say for me, uh, listening to you talk with the camels, we were in uh, Cairo in Egypt a few years ago when the kids were younger. Uh, And they did the camel ride thing and we did the pyramids thing, which was great. But the the magical moment for me was when we were on the Nile, we'd rented a boat. There was three families and we all knew each other very well, all very good friends. One family lived in, they still do live in Cairo. um, And we, two families went over to visit them and we got this boat. And as odd as it sounds, basically, we ordered in pizza. Right, so we got some boxes of pizza. We took them on this beautiful uh, boat, a traditional sort of boat that you would think in your head, you know, an Egyptian boat. Yes. And the guy was sailing it down the Nile as the sun set and you got the pyramids and we're eating pizza and the kids are having a good time. And we're giving pizza to the guy that's, you know, we've rented the boat off and we're all laughing and joking. And it's just something quite magical is about that. Uh, That, um, yeah, I just, I don't know why, but your conversation about camels reminded me of of that (laughs) event. Yeah, amazing. So let's go back to your um, family, uh, because I want to go back to the past before we look to the future. Um, That sounds very philosophical, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) So you've come from a family that's built over 100 hospitals, schools and orphanages. Um, You talked about sitting around the dinner table um, uh, with your parents and you talked about making a difference in everything that you do. How do your personal values and family legacy then inform your work and overall sense of purpose in, in sort of all that you're doing?
0: So yeah, so I so kind of that making that difference is is like my mantra, and I try to include that in everything I do. So whether it's um, supporting my my friends, my team, clients, you know, delivering the best that I can for them, it's really trying to. To to support them, give back, make make them have the best experience. Working with me, having the best experience as 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 a friend, as friendship, um, that's something really important. It's also about championing small businesses. I love to do that, whether it's using my platforms to share about what other businesses mm. are doing that I'm inspired by. That's something um, that's important to me. So yeah, it 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 does. I mean, from from day one, you know, giving the ten percent back to charity that was kind of important to me. Um, doing design work pro bono. However busy I am, but if I can use my skills to help a charity because they're fundraising and they need they need a you know a logo, they need some promotional materials. You know, I'm very happy to to do that. I talked at my old school in Jersey, which was so scary, like 700 students, which you can imagine as an introvert, but sharing my my entrepreneurial journey, and I was really so so nervous. But I just thought if I can give confidence to one person. Mm. just to say that actually you know you can if you do have an idea you can you know set up um your your business and if you make mistakes that's fine you'll learn from them but kind of sharing my entrepreneurial journey for me that's that's something really important so kind of every day I want to try and make a difference and it's not going to be huge things every day of course not but you know whether it's small or large but that's kind of governs how how I am that's kind of my mm. ethos um how I kind of live live my mm.
1: life so um, yeah oh, it's a good, it's a great attitude to have as well and I wish more of us would have it um uh, and and deeply challenging as well basically I so that's sort of that's your legacy I suppose isn't it from your your parents so how what's where's that going to take you do you think in the next three to five years what does that look like for you
0: So what I'd love to do, and I've got the name, but I haven't done it yet, um, tie and conversation. So I want to ideally create a kind of community for like-minded entrepreneurs, business owners, um, where we can kind of talk about charities. So if somebody's working with a charity or supporting a charity, we can come together, they can share why they're working with that charity, what drew them to to that charity, and just kind of have that conversation. Um, conversations and mm. build a kind of community for like minded people because I know people ask me like oh how do you choose a charity if you're supporting a charity how do you choose them because you know there's so many charities out there and like how you know what's your thought process so it's kind of sharing my knowledge but also learning from, mm. from others so creating that kind of community um, I, would love to, I would love to do that because for me that kind of creating that positive impact that legacy is, is important so I'd love to kind of facilitate that uh, and kind of get, get some people together but I haven't done it yet but it's definitely um, and I said I've got the name but I haven't need to uh, <laughs> kind of, uh, um, get that set up
1: and have you got the logo for it
0: no but I know somebody who could design it <laughs>
1: <laughs> every good business starts with a great <laughs> but, logo doesn't it that's, um, exactly. that's quite <laughs> right we've now got to that time of the show basically some people are dreading this moment. A lot no, of people are excited by it. And, I, and I'm just, time. yeah, yeah. grab your water. So this is the uh, the question box. Uh, if you're listening to the show, this is where I have a, in my hand a box of questions, about 100 questions. We're going to randomly flick through the questions. When Vasily says stop, that'll be the question I read out. So here we go. Are you ready? Stop. Okay. So, Today's question. Uh, I'm just going to write your name on the card, so I, I remember who who's done it. There we go. So today's question. Drum roll! I really should get some music effects going on. Definitely. Here. Uh, definitely. <laughs> are you good at taking criticism?
0: Ooh.
1: that's a great question.
0: Well, it's a fantastic question. I think it depends who you're from.
1: <laughs> sure. I think it depends You from I think it's
0: from If it's from well, Certain people Probably not um, Yeah I think If it's constructive What I call Constructive criticism If it's about um, Let's say for example Me here being in Dubai And somebody's going to say Oh actually basically The way you've gone about it Is totally wrong In mm. Dubai You need to do it this way And not this way Then I'd be grateful for that Because uh, That would That would help me um, I guess the answer is yes and no. Mm. If it's if if I feel if it's constructive then yes. If I feel it's just someone being mean, then probably not.
1: Probably not really. No. Not. It's interesting, isn't it? Because as you were as you were talking then uh, about the person giving you constructive criticism, I'm like, where does the line Where's the line between criticism and advice? Do you know what I mean? Exactly. It's, it's a really interesting one, isn't it? Where what's the line between those two things? Um and I think I think you're right. I think sometimes advice is one of those things that we we do well with depending on who gives it and at what time. Like my wife, she's a beautiful, my wife is the most amazing person on the planet. Love the bones off her. But there are definitely some times when she should not give me advice. <laughs> uh, and um, you know, I, it, there are definitely times when I'm open for, for advice from my wife. More times I'm hopefully open to it than I'm, than I'm not. So yeah, it's an interesting one. Do I take criticism well? I, I don't. Probably think I do, uh, if I'm honest with you. Um, I like you. I think it would depend on what the outcome of that criticism was meant to be. Like, if it was trying to help me, is that advice? I don't know. But if it was trying to help me, I think I'd be more open to it. If it was just someone just having a go, I tend just to not listen. If I'm honest with you, uh, and just well, dismiss out of hand that person. But that's just maybe that's just me. Maybe it's no, never. No, I don't know.
0: Joke because also, sometimes if you want the advice great but I've also had people where I haven't actually asked for the advice <laughs> and they just don't want to stay in here, like okay I didn't actually ask for the advice they so then I kind to of think I mean. like yes like you Yeah, a well,
1: great question yeah yeah fair enough I suppose uh, in another show maybe we should think about um, who's our worst critic and I would dare say it's probably ourselves Yes. Uh, but that's a bit too deep for this podcast yes <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. So basically, as you know, this show is sponsored by Orion Media, which specializes in helping good folks like yourself set up and run their own podcast, try and conversation. Uh, so imagine, right, that um, your own podcast is up and running, whatever the name may be, whatever the logo may look like. Out of all of the people who have impacted your life, who would be a guest on your show and Why?
0: Great question. So for me, it would have to be my grandfather, Mm -hmm. because um, sadly, he passed away before I was born. And it's his legacy that I'm trying to continue because it's under his name, that the hospitals, schools, orphanages, medical colleges that they've all been built under his name, because he started um, the foundations of all the charitable work. So for me, it it would definitely be him. I'd love to Ha, you know talk to him about what uh, you know what his views were, what mm. got him why he wanted to make a difference because I know his values, it seems you know are shared by by myself, you know that there's a lot of um common values, so I'd love to kind of find out more and also just to kind of tell him um, without getting too emotional, but just to tell him that the effect of what he's done, so many years ago, it's still having such a positive effect. And that is, you Mm. know, that's legacy and the the kind of ripple effect. So um, I'd love to kind of have him uh, on my podcast.
1: That's amazing. How would your um, grandfather, if if your grandfather was around now, how do you think he would feel about the the continuation of it all?
0: I think he'd be really proud because it's, Mm. you know, I'm third generation. So I think he would, I'd like to think he'd he'd be really proud. Because no. we're all busy, we're all you know got a million things to do, but it's part of the way of life. And if it means I have to stay up till two o'clock in the morning, but because I've made a commitment to do something for a charity to help them, then I then I will do that. So I'd like to think he'd um, be proud.
1: That's amazing. That's fantastic. Listen, Vaishli, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, I have so many more questions, but you know, <laughs> as is always the case with the podcast, time is always against me. If people want to reach out to you, if they want to connect with you, see your site, see what you do, what's the best way to do that?
0: Perfect. So on LinkedIn, um, you can find me at Veishali Shah FCIM. So this are my um, fellow um, Chartered Institute of Marketing. the so Veishali Shah FCIM and also on Instagram and Facebook, you can find me at Creative ID Social.
1: Fantastic. Creative ID Social and Vaishali Shah, what was it, it's FCIM?
0: FCIM, which is basically Fellow of the Chartered Institute of Marketing.
1: Very posh, very, very posh. Like it, like it. Uh, we will, of course, add those links into the show notes, uh, which you can see hopefully on whatever podcast app you're listening to this on. If you go to the notes section or if you're watching it on YouTube, they'll be in the description below. And of course, they will be available on our website along with a transcript at pushtobemore.com. <sighs> Facially, honestly, an absolute legend. Loved hearing your story. Thank you for being super challenging. Love what you're doing in the work of charity. Uh, and I love the fact you're just not afraid just to go and start again, just because you can and you, and you just want that challenge. Uh, and I, I really love the fact you like spa. So that's super cool. <laughs> so uh, thank you for being on the show.
0: Thank you very much, Matt, for uh, asking me to, to be part of the show.
1: Oh, brilliant, 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 brilliant. Another great conversation. Yes, huge thanks to Vasily for joining me today. Also a big shout out to today's show sponsor, Orion Media. If you are wondering if podcasting is a good marketing strategy for your business, do connect with them at orionmedia.com That's A-U-R-I-O-N media.com. We will, of course, link to them uh, in the show notes as well, uh, but do check them out. And of course, be sure to follow the Push To Be More podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, because we have some more great conversations lined up and I don't want you to miss any of them. And in case no one has told you yet today, you are awesome. Yes, you are. Created awesome. It's just a burden you have to bear. Facially has to bear it, I have to bear it, You gotta bear it too, right? Uh, Push To Be More is produced by Orion Media. You can find our entire archive of episodes on your favorite podcast app. The team that makes this show possible is Sadaf Bainon, Estella Robin, and Tanya Hutzalak. Our theme music was written by Josh Edmondson. And as I mentioned, if you would like to read the transcript or the show notes, head over to our website, pushtobemore.com, where, as it would happen, you can also sign up for the newsletter, should you so desire. And why would you not? That's it from me. That's it from Vasily. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a fantastic week wherever you are. I will see you next time. Bye for now.